You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for pirates. You're watching Pirate Breakdown with Sutton Young. Join Sutton every Wednesday night on The Sports Objective as he talks East Carolina football. Here's Sutton. And welcome back into Pirate Breakdown. I'm Sutton Young. Hope you've had a good week. Bubba, it's good to have you back here. How are you, man? Doing well, Sutton. Hope you are. You know, fired up for this conference opener. And man, the month of September has gone by in the blink of an eye. You know, you wait forever for college football season to roll around. And, you know, here we are uh, already 25% of the way through the regular season. Exactly. I'm going to give a hot take here right now. I know a lot of fans think that there's a curse here, but I am so pumped to see the white helmets back. Yeah, sharp-looking helmet, uh, no doubt about it. And it seems as though most of Pirate Nation, as well as obviously the players, agree uh, with the response I've seen on social media and so forth. No doubt about it. Bubba, let's go ahead and jump right in. The win over Campbell was impressive, though. It reminded me of the Ruffin McNeil team on where ECU didn't really get that big groove until the second half. I mean, it was a close game going to the half. Campbell had the lead going in the first quarter, but then once they came back out, it was lights out. Yeah, the, the game was largely what I thought it probably would be, you know, especially given the tremendous quarterback they have in Hodge Malik Williams. Um, was not shocked to see the Pirates down 10-7 to after a quarter. Um, obviously not the start we wanted, but from that point on, we outscored the Camels 42 to nothing. And you look at it, um, they did put up a little over 400 yards of offense, but uh, 150 of those 400 yards came in the first 10 minutes of the ball game when we were trying to kind of get our, our uh, bearings, if you will, defensively. You know, and uh, you know, you heard Coach Houston say it all week, uh, no matter how good of a look we got from Ryan Stubblefield uh, in the scout team, it wasn't going to be the same as going against Malik Williams or Hodge Malik Williams, and uh, that was certainly the case. But uh, to the defense's credit, they settled down and uh, played pretty good football after that. And, man, Holt Naylor's in the offense. Uh, they were clicking on all cylinders for most of the night and really were able to do what they wanted to do. You saw Keaton Mitchell average uh, between 14 and 15 yards to carry, um, pushing for – Almost two, or you know, rush rushing for nearly 200 yards. I think it's what 185 on 14 or 15, or maybe 13 carries. So a uh, tremendous night for Keaton. Yeah, Keaton. He was a uh, he had 13 carries, 185. Longest was 42. And the nice thing about the running back duo is you have Keaton. He is so fast and he can score obviously. But when we're in the red zone, you've got Raja. He's a big dude. I mean, he was able to get two touchdowns on Saturday. It was a good game for him. Yeah, yeah, that was great to see Rajay Harris uh, have that touchdown run. Uh, I guess it was late third quarter uh, going toward the Boneyard. Man, that was uh, unbelievable. I think it was, what, about a 20-yard run, give or take. And, you know, some of the cuts he made on that run were just uh, unreal. So that was great to see uh, Rajay get into the <clears throat> excuse me, get into the end zone. And then right there at the goal line, he ran over a Campbell player. No doubt. Hopefully uh, this week we can get Marlon Gung in the end zone. He's had two great runs looking back at ODU and now Campbell. I mean, it just seems that it, the time is coming. He's going to get in the end zone. 
No doubt, Marlon, uh, tremendously talented and what he had about 50 or 55 yards on five carries uh, last Saturday against Campbell. Uh, like you said, uh, coming off what was a solid uh, performance against Old Dominion in, in uh, relief, if you will. And, you know, Marlon, Marlon Gunn, it's great to see him because you know, there's the other guys in that room, you know, guys like Nemo Squire, Pop McKay, and then also uh, Camaro Edmonds are tremendously talented. And, um, you know, if, if I'm pretty sure it wasn't it Nemo Squire that got that kickoff return uh, when they kicked away from Keaton Mitchell, it looked like that may nearly go to the house. Yeah, no, it, it was an impressive run, to say the least. Um, really, the thing about that running, this running back group, <clears throat> they're just talented. And a lot of times when I think back of former ECU teams, I always think about the, the receivers, how, how good the receivers were, Justin Hardy, Zay Jones, all those guys. But now you look at an offense under Mike Houston and you have a balance between the receivers and the running backs, which I think is really good. No doubt. Uh, we used the, the portal to our advantage as we needed to um, with that uh, wide receiver room, obviously, with the departures of Tyler Sneed to the NFL draft and then Audio Matosho. Um, you, you had to bring some guys in and, and then Zay Winstead. And, you know, he and Jalen Johnson have been exactly what um, the doctor ordered. And, um, you know, Zay, you know, he, he had his first 100-yard receiving game after he had come close in his first two games with the Pirates. And he continues to impress. And then after not having a, a very big game statistically against Old Dominion, you saw another solid performance, much like what he did against NC State for C.J. Johnson. He got into the end zone uh, when that call was overturned in the right corner on the, on the uh, I believe it was a slot fade route. And uh, that, that was a nice grab. And I think he had, what, about six catches for 90, 95 yards. Yeah, CJ, he had five catches, 91 yards. Solid, solid outing for him. And frankly, that touchdown that he had is one of the best I've seen since he's been at ECU. Yeah, um, that was one that was um, obviously was initially called out of bounds, but um, they they judged that he, he got that foot in. I was afraid when watching it, it wasn't even so much that he, that I didn't think that he got a foot in. But I just thought that based on the angles we were seeing, I was afraid that they were going to say that they couldn't tell for sure that the ball was in his possession when that foot uh, was inbounds. But fortunately, they ruled that it was conclusive. And, you know, that was a, a big play at that juncture of the game. Yeah, no doubt about it. I was right there on that end zone when the touchdown happened. And I couldn't really tell from my side, but looking at the scoreboard, I'm like, eh, I'm afraid they might not overturn it because it, the ball was moving. But obviously, it stayed still. Touchdown was called. It was the right call. But, I mean, just an impressive grab by C.J. Johnson. Talk, too, about Isaiah Winstead. Uh, what a great game he had. Six receptions for 112 yards. I mean, wish we, he could have gotten in the end zone, but still a really good game from him, too. Yeah, he'll find the end zone soon. And – um, speaking of getting in the end zone, uh, it's nice to see us use Ryan Jones on play action down at the goal line uh, where we actually lined him up in the backfield on, on the on the left side and brought him across the formation into the right flat. And he was all by himself 
Um, very easy pitch and catch for, for him and Holton. And uh, also, I, I believe Shane Calhoun had another catch or two at least. Yeah, he uh, he was able to get that touchdown pretty easily. I mean, there were a couple touchdowns in that game that were, frankly, just easy. But certainly uh, are not going to find easy touchdowns on Saturday. The Pirates play Navy at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, Military Appreciation Day. Pirates are 2-7 and seven against the midshipmen all the time. And get this, they have never beaten the mids inside Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Bubba, they had a chance to do it in 2020, but this certainly looks like the year that they're going to do it. You certainly hope so. Um, like you said, two and seven all time against Navy. Uh, going back to that first series matchup in 2006 up in Annapolis. And um, as you mentioned, the Pirates have actually played fairly well uh, in Annapolis. Both of those victories over the Middies have come at Navy Marine Corps Stadium, 38 to 35 in each of those contests. And 2011, and then also in, um, obviously, 2021 on the Daffer Dagger. And then you had an, at least a, one more close call in 2006 up in Annapolis. But um, outside of the 2020 game at Dowdy Ficklin, where it was 27-23 in that game that Holt Naylor's missed because of COVID and the, the, that false positive test, um, that was the only game that was even – remotely competitive because in the other three, 76-35, 56-28, and 66-31, um, the Mitties averaged 66 points per game across those three games. And um, all of them were extremely ugly and um, just, you know, very forgettable days for the Pirates. Yeah, no doubt. I remember uh, back in 2010 when they came to Dowdy Ficklin, my dad and I were at that game. And we left – it was probably the earliest I ever left a game because it was just so out of hand. And I, I was shocked because I had never seen a team, a football team for that matter, put up 70 points. I don't even know if I'd seen 60 at that point. So it really is nice to see that under Mike Houston that those days of just not even being able to wake up to the triple option are somewhat gone. The green, it's still tough. It's still tough to defend. But Saturday, by no means, should be one of those first couple blowouts that we had at Dowdy Ficklin. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I remember that 2010 game very well also. Uh, it was the complete opposite uh, as far as for East Carolina fans compared to that 2014 game and that 2014 game against North Carolina, that is. And the Pirates had 70 points with seven and a half minutes remaining uh, that day. The midshipmen had 76 points with still five, six, maybe even seven minutes remaining. I was up. I said, are we really going to allow, you know, 80 or 90 points in this game? I, I remember that game, and I was like, I certainly hope that they don't get to 100. I mean, obviously, I've never seen a team in football score 100 points, but certainly the closest I've come to seeing it because, uh, obviously, that day we could not defend their triple option. But luckily, it really seems like Blake Carroll has a has a game plan for defending that triple option. Yeah, Coach Harrell certainly has a lot of familiarity with it and the, the scheme and knowledge to stop it. And you, you take a look at Coach Harrell's background, uh, going back to his days as an assistant. Um, he was on staff with Coach Houston, multiple places where the triple option was run, and then also Kennesaw State on his previous stop. 
play one against it every day. That's something you know. You have Chance Bates. Chance Bates um, has that background. In addition to the guys on the current roster, uh, this will be their third season now in Coach Harrell's scheme uh, going against Navy's triple option of flex bone attack. So, um, so far, it's kind of been a mixed bag and pretty good results in 2020. Last year, uh, we really struggled to slow them down in the, the first half. In the second half, much better uh, outside of one big run where the, the middies broke it for, I think, what, 90 yards. But um, mm-hmm. but very intrigued to see how that goes on Saturday, you know, with this defense um, playing very well, and especially against the run. But as we know, um, defending this run is a much different animal uh, than just uh, stopping a traditional running attack. Yeah, and by no means, well, let's get this straight now. I mean, I, I said earlier in the year that usually with Navy teams under Kenny Marlowe, they'll have a bad year and or maybe a couple bad years, and then they'll bounce back and have an 8-9 win season. It does not look like it's going to happen this year. This Navy team this year, they do not look good. But bottom line, I mean, still cannot underestimate them. They still are a threat. It is a triple option. I mean, it, again, it's the triple option. I mean, it doesn't matter that Navy lost to Delaware, in my opinion, because, I mean, who knows with that running game. I think Navy does have a chance to be competitive in this game. There's no doubt they do. Um, they're they're a flex bone attacks, a great equalizer. You don't see it. You talk about the point, way the Pirates have um, been preparing for this uh, really around the calendar. I mean, you, you prepare for it in spring ball. Uh, you talk about it in, in the summer during workouts. Coach Houston said literally, you know, every Sunday night and there's some practice in preparation for the triple option that Navy runs, you know, whatever that may be. Uh, I'm sure it may look different in different practices, but uh, – one of the big things is obviously playing assignment sound and, you know, you hear a uh, fullback dive, quarterback pitch, I mean, you know, and to the, I mean, just the average football fan, it looks like they're running the same play over and over and over. And there's so many different ways that, um, you know, they can block things. And yes, it's not a, a, it doesn't look like a lot of different plays, but it really is because of blocking it different ways and different uh, tweaks and twists to it. Um, so it's, it's very challenging to stop, and, you know, just the smallest of missteps uh, can result in the play uh, going a long way, and uh, we've seen that through the years. Uh, one thing that's different this year, Sutton, is that uh, cut blocking is not permitted on the perimeter. It's still allowed within the tackle box, but uh, those Navy receivers – uh, or or running backs, slot backs cannot block below the waist on the perimeter as they could in the past. Yeah, that's certainly going to be a uh, <clears throat> it's going to be a factor for sure. And here's a big thing too with Navy is I mean I I, I remember I've I've been to Navy Marine Corps Moral Stadium multiple times for ECU and Navy, and, and as you said that. It just seemed like they were running the same thing, same thing, same thing. It's either that they're running the same thing or they obviously they'll, they'll run it one time and boom, they're gone. And I remember, too, and I think it was the 2019 game that 
think it was the first pass or something they made on the day. I'm not 100% on this, but one of their first passes, bang, touchdown. Because the thing with Navy is everyone knows they run the triple option, everybody. So, I mean, I'm not saying that teams do not prepare for them to pass. But you get so focused on that triple option, the passing game kind of goes to 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 the back of your mind. It definitely can. Um, it's easy to get lulled to sleep. Um, you know, when your opponent's throwing the ball no more than five, six, seven times a game, um, but uh, you you look at it um, so often. Not not so far this year, um, but um, the the bigger receptions for Navy this year, and there haven't been many of them. Uh, but um, they've been by the by the slot backs and the tailback. But um, a lot of times you'll see those Navy receivers, um, they'll average about 20 yards per reception because the catches they do make are on play action over the top. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think that the big thing to really look at going into this game is time management. Because when we've played Navy before, they have really done a good job with time of possession. But I think really under Mike Houston – ECU in general has done a great job with time of possession. So if we can manage time of possession, I think that we have a really good shot to win this one. Yeah, you bring that up on Charles. I appreciate Charles chiming in as always. And he was saying in his opinion that that we should run the ball at least 40 times to keep their offense off the field. And Charles – in the first half, neither team could stop the other. Um, you know, it was a back-and-forth game, I think. There may have been one possession where a team didn't score, but it was, it was either seven or seven. We're having some uh, audio issues, Bubba. Can you repeat that? You know, throw the ball as this. We have to do what what's necessary to score because we're going to have eight to ten possessions. We don't – I mean, if we can run the ball well and run it 40-plus times, then great. But uh, last year, we ran it fairly well. We, we ran it 35 times, I think, 35, 37 times for about 165 yards, and then we threw it tremendously well, 27 out of 32 for 405 and three – we did not fumble – uh, either. So, you know, I think that's the recipe that we need. It's like we're, uh, I'll talk more about in the very similar in scheme to the, the defense to Blake Carroll and the, the Pirates employ. So we really just need to take what's there. And if we operate the way we did a season ago, uh, we'll be in great shape on the one thing that, um, you would want to change is I know in the second half of that game last year, there was a situation where we had a, I believe it was a first and goal situation. Five and we came up empty and we got stuffed on a, on a fourth down uh, or, you know, or through incomplete. I think, I think maybe Holton got sacked, but nonetheless, we turned the ball over on downs after having an end goal situation and, uh, that's something obviously you want to avoid anytime, but especially in a game like this where, um, you know, points may be at a premium and 
and you really want to capitalize on your limited opportunities. Yeah, no doubt about it. And the thing with Navy is you have to capitalize. It doesn't matter, like I said earlier in the show, it doesn't matter how bad they are. I'm not saying they're a bad team. They obviously have not started the year well. You have to capitalize because the thing with Navy, if you don't capitalize, they will. So if we don't capitalize on Saturday, then there is a very high chance that this could be an upset. And as far as an upset, um, Navy defensively, they've been very stout against the run, very interested to see how they can slow down Keith Mitchell and Rajay Harris and the Pirate rushing attack. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to get that going earlier in this game than we have uh, in previous games. And then also um, Navy, although they've allowed 300 yards per game through the first two games uh, through the air, and they have been able to get uh, pressure on opposing quarterbacks, uh, sacking the opposition nine times. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. Pass protection by the ECU offensive line has been good on the whole uh, outside of a, a stretch there. I guess it was um, in the second quarter of that game against Old Dominion where I, it may have even been one possession where Holton was sacked three times. So, um, you know, hopefully um, the Pirate offensive line is able to protect Holton the way they have for the majority of the year. Yeah, no doubt about it. And unlike our first couple of contests, I, I think we're going to get a good idea of where this game is going to head in the first quarter. I, I I really think that I mean there there's two thing there's two ways I think this game could go. It's either going to be a very tight game, ECU's gonna win it late, or it's gonna be the exact opposite of what we've had in previous ECU Navy games is ECU's gonna come right out of the water and it's gonna be a blowout. What I think is gonna happen is I think it's going to be option A. I do think it's gonna be a close game. Believe it or not, I really do. I mean, again, I understand Navy is not as good. I get it. But you look at ECU and you look at the triple option, prior to Mike Houston arriving, we were dead meat. I think in this game, it's going to be it's gonna be lower scoring because I think that both teams are going to try and run that clock, keep their offenses on the field as much as they can. I'm going to go – I'm going to go 27-24 ECU. I know that's a little bit low scoring. I usually go high scoring, but I just I, I really think that this is going to be a quick game and that both offenses are going to try and run the ball. And looking at things, um, <clears throat> that game that they lost to Memphis in their conference opener um, a couple weeks ago and prior to their open date, um, they were trailing 23-13 to with – you know, a little over halfway through the fourth quarter. So that game was much more competitive than the 37-13 final would indicate, kind of like that East Carolina Old Dominion uh, final in some ways perhaps uh, because that, that game was 16-14, to 14, you know, halfway through the third quarter. So um, I'd say, uh, you know, just, I'm not a betting man, but I would not – Touchdowns from the point line. Uh, I think that's uh, you know a little too risky, but uh, it would not shock me if if we did. But uh, I I would think it's going to be a little closer as well. 
I'll say uh, something along the lines of, you know, East Carolina 34 and Navy 20. I mean, I'll, I'll go with that. So, I mean, that's a decent score prediction. I, I do like your theory behind it. And something, too, for the fans, it's Navy. It's Military Appreciation Day. There's a, a few pregame festivities happening before the game, so you're going to want to make sure that you – Get your seats early. They're going to have uh, the Army Golden Knights fly down. Uh, usually they'll have an American flag with them, fly down in the stadium, and then it's going to be a, a Harrier jet flyover in conjunction with the national anthem. And, and Bubba, a, a cool thing from last year is when EC played Navy, it was four Harriers that flew over before, and it's going to be four Harriers this year. So, who knows? Maybe that will be a good luck charm for the Pirates. But uh, it, it's going to be an interesting game. It definitely will be. And you mentioned Military Appreciation Day. You know, so hopefully uh, a lot of military, you know, past and present throughout Eastern North Carolina will be able to get out to Dowdy Ficklin Stadium and enjoy an excellent evening of football and all the tailgating festivities leading up to it on Saturday afternoon. Um, but it's also going to be – East Carolina helmets on. What do you think of the, the white lids? Um, just one moment. I was trying to put one on the screen. I mean, I, I love the white helmets. I love them. I can't say it enough. I love those white helmets. The classic purple that we wore in the early 2010s with the skull, like we wore, I think it was 2014, we wore just those classic dark purples. Those are always going to be my favorite. But I love those helmets. You can see that on your screen right now. I, like I said earlier in the show, am thrilled that they're back. I know many of Pirate Nation is not. Though, frankly, I think that uh, those white helmets are going to be forgiven on Saturday as I think the Pirates will win. Bubba, any final thoughts, man? Um, very quickly before before I move on to my final thoughts, um, as far as this helmet, I, it seems as though the response on social media, both from Pirate Nation and from just college football fans in general, the folks love it. They say that the logo really pops on that white helmet, and they also like the purple chrome face mask. So uh, very – I'm excited to see that with the um, the all-white uniforms on Saturday night. But, uh, yeah, just get out to Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, support this team. Very pleased with the crowd we had um, as far as uh, for Campbell, uh, more than 43,000, and, and uh, I think that was very legit. And very few empty seats in the, the lower bowl, and the, there's a nice crowd in the upper deck as well. So you think about it, that was – I believe is our second largest crowd um, since 2016, uh, you know, a- outside of that, uh, obviously, season opener this year against NC State where we had in excess of 51,000. Yeah, no doubt about it. I expect another crowd in the 40s uh, this weekend. Uh, for all you fans out there, too, make sure you get in your seats early. You're not going to want to miss those pair of shoes, and you're definitely not going to want to miss the roar of those Harriers. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Bubba, thank you as always for hopping on. 
We will see you guys next week. And uh, make sure you wear your white for the first ever hangout white game at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. It's going to be a fun one. Stay on and have a great night.